How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Guys, what night is it? It's our favorite night. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Oh my gosh. Episode 67. 65. Dang it. You're getting ahead of yourself, buddy. I am. Episode 65. 65. Of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here in Minnesota, as always, in warm, muggy way outside of the box minnesota here live in the drew estate cigar studios and drew estate wants to tell you about the launch of the latest addition to the deadwood lineup leather rose to all retailers nationwide uniting with her sisters sweet jane fat bottom betty and crazy alice the spicy leather rose is the boldest lady of the bunch this five by 54 torpedo features a rich maduro wrapper and proves to be the spiciest of the Deadwood family. Lighting up the leather rose will fill the room with her exotic aroma, plus the Ooh. effortless draw will leave you longing for more. Yeah. The Deadwood leather rose is a 5x54 torpedo packaged in 24-count boxes <laughs> and will be shipping in July. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. She sounds naughty. <laughs> so, all right. I'm excited because this is something that you guys, if you've been watching for a while, you know that, you know, Garrett and I are both big baseball fans. We're, we're sports fans mm-hmm. in general. And, you know, last year, especially we were, you know, the twins, Minnesota twins had a great season. We, we had a chance to, um, you know, talk about them a lot at the beginning of every show. And then this year when COVID happened, you know, there were a lot of things that we have to live without, but one of them unfortunately has been baseball. But finally, just last night, yep. the Major League Baseball announced the schedule for the 60-game season. So I'm beyond excited about this. I watched the announcement. I, I saw everything on, on the Twins' websites. So on July 27th, uh, sorry, July 24th, uh, Minnesota opens the season in Chicago against the White Sox. And then we have a 60-game regular season, and we go all the way through until uh, September 27th uh, when we end the season here in Minneapolis at Target Field against uh, the Cincinnati Reds. Yep. So it's a, it's, it's a very condensed season. There's very little... You know, there's a very little baseball, but we have to make the most out of it. So I encourage you guys, if you're baseball fans, honestly, even if you're not baseball fans, if you haven't seen a baseball game in many years, spend some time, go out to a ballpark and watch a live game. You know, what, there's going to be different rules as far as, you know, they're probably going to have, you know, spaces between seats. They're not going to sell as many tickets. But, you know, in, in all this craziness that we've been going through over the last few months, it's been really tough to get out and do things Mm -hmm. so find things even if they're things that you wouldn't necessarily normally do get out there and participate in a live event if it's going to a baseball game and you're not really a baseball fan i have a feeling by the time the game's over you'll be a baseball fan just getting out into the fresh air and and seeing people and participating as part of a crowd just get out there and do things because i don't know about you but i'm going a little crazy what Going a little crazy. Yeah. Starting to lose it. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. But now, I mean, the shining makes sense. You know, it does. Doesn't it? It does. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I can relate to that guy a little bit. A little bit. But thank God we have wonderful premium cigars. We have. And we not have, swords. We have friends. And we access. have beverages. So, you know, we're grateful for that. So, uh, for those of you who are watching and listening, 
on Facebook and YouTube. Please take a minute, if you would, share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups. Participate tonight like you always do. Ask us questions along the way. Leave comments along the way. Troll. Troll us a little bit. A little bit. You know, that's what we love. We mm-hmm. want you guys to be involved in the conversation, as always. Uh, so let's bring on our special guest. And as always, our special guest is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com. They are the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. And you'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshewitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and coronacigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. For more information on all of that, please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a special guest. We're really excited to have him on the show. He is coming to us live from Miami. He is the man. You know him. You love him. From Mombacho Cigars, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Claudio Scroy. Oh, what an introduction. Bienvenido. How are you guys? Doing well. How are you, Claudio? <laughs> it's a hot and humid in Miami. Mosquitoes. Size of helicopters. It's a... Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like we could literally be in the same environment. Even even in Minnesota, that people think of for being cold, it's uh, you know, been it, it's been above eighty five degrees every day for the last two weeks. It's been wow. above ninety degrees half of that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah, the mis- the mosquito is the Minnesota state bird. I don't know if yeah, you okay. knew. That. I didn't know that. Now I know. <laughs> But it's been it's been a really uh, you know crazy time. How you know how are you? We talked a little bit before we went live, but you know um, what are you doing to stay sane during you know this uh, this crazy quarantine? You know I'm good. <clears throat> my wife, uh, my little kid, uh, boy, three years old, uh, doing great. Of course, adjusting a little bit to the uh, the daily uh, life. But you know everybody's safe. Uh, we are taking care of us. Our uh, our family in Nicaragua, the factory, they are doing great. They are good and, uh, you know, up and running. So trying to take care of uh, everything and everybody that we cannot do, actually. But, mm. you know, trying to do that and uh, trying to, to have uh, a normal life. Again, adjusting a bunch of things. Uh, you know, I cannot travel right now, for example. I travel a lot every year. But doing good. You know, a lot of uh, good spirit. So yeah, good. Yeah, Let's yeah. tell everybody what we're smoking, and Claudio in a second will ask what you're smoking and you're drinking. But um, this is actually a special cigar, and Claudio was very generous to send us some of these to smoke on the show tonight. But the Casa Favili, which is is the namesake of the factory <laughs> in in uh, Granada, Nicaragua, and this is a special cigar for us because. You know, we are, you guys know, if you watch uh, the show on a regular basis, if you've been a fan of the website since we launched, that we launched on February 1st of 2019. And this cigar was, see, before before we started, how about that cigar? We had six or seven cigars that were that were reviewed and they were, pu- they were ready to just click on the publish button. And I... I had to decide which cigar was going to be the first ever cigar review published on howaboutthatcigar.com. And 
honestly, it was it was a uh, a flip of a coin because they were all good cigars, and this is the cigar that won the coin flip, and this cigar got a 91 rating on HowAboutThatCigar.com. Uh, it is the Casa Favili. Uh, Claudio, tell us a little bit about this cigar because there is something about this that is definitely unique that uh, that you can't really uh, find out there. So tell us about it. Uh, I think everybody knows uh, the famous, uh, earthy, powerful uh, broadleaf from the United States. So mm. a few years ago, I was looking uh, to make a Maduro because, uh, you know, we are kind of missing uh, in our different lines and series, uh, you know, a dark wrapper and Maduro wrapper. So I went around uh, traveling a little bit and, uh, you know, trying San Andres, trying the, you know, different wrappers. So one was uh, one of the broadleaf uh, from the United States. And I remember a few years ago uh, when I went to Alapa to, uh, you know, to buy some of the tobaccos that we already use, uh, the tobacco farmer that makes uh, our uh, wrapper, Habano wrapper for our Tierra Volcan, gave me a sample of a wrapper. And he said, try this. This is new. Nobody's doing this. Uh, let me know what you think. I was like, okay, what's this? He said that it's a broadleaf. But this broadleaf is made in Alapa in Nicaragua. So for the first time, uh, we made a cigar with a broadleaf that is growing uh, in Nicaragua. Because when I tried the wrapper, I said that no matter what, forget the Maduro, whatever, I'm going to make a blend with this wrapper. So unique about the flavor, the character of the tobacco, you know, the color that I was like, uh, let's, let's do this. Love and, it. and there is something about it. You're, you're totally right that because uh, Connecticut Broadleaf has a very, it has a very unique characteristic, a very particular characteristic. And you know it when you smell it, you know it when you taste it. Yes. And this, what, and even one of the things that I noted in the review is that, that this, this Nicaraguan Broadleaf, it has its own character. And it's, it's almost like a hybrid of, of what our yeah. American palates would consider, you know, um, almost to me, at least, this is my palate. So it's, it's almost, it's almost, as though it's a it's it's a melding of of Connecticut broadleaf and 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 a habano, you know the um, earthy character of a broadleaf from Connecticut. Sometimes it can be so powerful, you know, powerful on on the blend that's going to overwhelm the entire blend, and you taste uh, that earthiness that it's only from the broadleaf from Connecticut. That's why that wrapper is so unique. But in yeah. Jalapa in Nicaragua, it lost a little bit of that earthiness. And he gained uh, a little bit of sweetness from Alapa, which is a region of famous uh, to give uh, a certain kind of sweetness. And yeah. he has, as you said, uh, this kind of new character that, that, that we didn't smoke before. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really cool because that and that is true that Jalapa is known for mm -hmm. sweetness. It that's, is true. That's yeah. so many so many different. Uh, crops of tobacco that come from that region really are known for that sweetness. But there's also there's always there's always that little hint of of Nicaragua that you can still taste the spice. It's not like Esteli spice, but it's still there. Mm -hmm. It's still there a little bit, and I love that about it. Now the the thing is, uh, if you think of sweetness and spiciness, if you go from Malapa, very north of the country, like south to Esteli, you go through Condega. So you have a Jalapa Condega Esteli. So one 
while you are driving down from Alapa, you are losing sweetness and you are gaining a spiciness down yeah. from Stali that is boom, no sweetness, spicy, rustic, strong. But you know, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm always a big fan of uh, first of all Alapa, but then uh, the variety of tobaccos and uh, the soil we have in Nicaragua. It's very unique on the planet. Come on, we yeah. have red soil, volcanic soil. We have a hard soil or soft soil. It's it's unbelievable what we can get from Nicaragua. That's yeah. why years ago we went for Tierra Volcana, Liga Maestro, and Casa Fabili. These are all series 100% tobaccos from Nicaragua. I was like, guys, it's made in Nicaragua by Nicaraguan people. It's the best country on the planet for tobacco. And more than everything, I always say you want to have a true Nicaraguan experience, you should smoke a puro. Pure tobaccos from yeah. Nicaragua. And there you get the true soul of a country. Yeah. Well, Claudio, I, I just wanted to uh, – so we have a viewer who just came into the show. They want to know mm -hmm. a little bit about who you are and probably Mombacho. So could you take us through who Mombacho is, the kind of the history and your history with, with uh, the brand? Okay. Mombacho was founded in 2006 uh, in Granada, Nicaragua. We are the only factory in Nicaragua that is not in Esteli. Esteli is the biggest, uh, you know, hub for uh, cigar factories, let's call it like that. And we are in Granada. Granada is the oldest town uh, that was built uh, in the continent of America, right? America was discovered, uh, I mean, Europeans, as they say, they discovered, but it was already there, discovered in the Caribbean. And then uh, in the, the first uh, Spanish settlement that was in Granada, Nicaragua, 1524. So my partners uh, felt that, that that spirit of history, heritage, uh, and all these things around uh, Granada, that, 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 that they said that there is something special here. So they had this idea to, to share, you know, with the others in the rest of the world, this experience that they had uh, in Granada. So uh, they founded the Mombacho, they started the Mombacho, and I, I jumped in the company as a partner in 2011, late 2011. Because they wanted, you know, to ramp up in quality, in blending, uh, you know, tobaccos and many, many different details. And they were looking for someone that had a tobacco background and uh, taking care of the blends, uh, you know, purchasing tobaccos, quality controls and everything. So we got in contact. And uh, in late 2011, uh, they offered me to be partner on Bombacho. And in 2012, uh, I moved uh, uh, from Miami, where I was already living. I moved to Nicaragua for four and a half years. And now back and forth uh, from uh, Miami and Nicaragua. Uh, but my background started in 2001 in the uh, Dominican Republic. There I started in tobacco and cigars almost 20 years ago. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. Thank you for the, the history. Uh, would you remind or talk about what you're smoking and what you're drinking tonight? Okay. This is something uh, very different, very unique. This is called uh, Diplomatico by Mombacho Cigars, I say. So later last year, we made a partnership with Diplomatico Rome, which is an exquisite, uh, very uh, uh, awarded brand of rum made in Venezuela. And we partnered doing something uh, uh, very unique. Actually, we started with couple of events here around the United States, uh, you know, in cigar lounges, uh, they were supporting us, uh, 
and we were calling them, uh, you know, doing events. And then the conversation went deeper and deeper, saying, hey, guys, we should do something, uh, you know, a little bit more important and unique. So Imar, my, uh, one of my partners, uh, and uh, Mani, the brand ambassador of, uh, of Diplomatico, brought together you know ideas uh, brainstorming and everything and we came up with the idea to make a cigar that uh, was to be blended only uh for diplomatic so the idea was not making a cigar that it goes very well with rums but it was uh, drinking the rum understanding uh, the soul the spirit the character uh, the flavor uh, the stimulation of the rum and making a blend that it goes uh, perfectly paired with the rum so it took a while, but I made that blend, uh, you know, uh, really thinking about uh, how is the rum, the aromas, the flavor, the, the, the stimulation of the experience you have. And we came up uh, with this blend of uh, Habano from Ecuador and then uh, uh, binder and fillers uh, uh, all from Nicaragua. Three different sizes. And so far it's been a, the, the, an extremely great successful cigar because people is realizing that it's not only you know a cigar blended that it goes with the rum but it's a lot a lot more well and that's it's a good thing to talk about pairing because and we've talked about it a little bit on the show regardless of what the drink is you're pairing it with it could be a coffee it could be a rum or or anything but sometimes um, you know, people, when people think of pairings, they think of similar flavors, but actually you want to think about contrast and things mm -hmm. that, things yeah. that fill in the missing, the missing pieces to sort of an overall flavor profile. Yeah. So how did, how did you, what, what did you notice in the rum that you knew you could incorporate from different tobaccos mm -hmm. that, and that would make a whole yeah, flavor yeah. profile? Yeah. And by the way, I'm drinking a, a, a Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva beautiful one yeah so <clears throat> you nailed the equation of saying a contrast why you say contrast i love that 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 word because uh, you know when you go pairing uh, if you go for similarity uh you smoke some, something sweet uh, and you drink something sweet uh, that's easy you know it's uh, balanced because who doesn't like sweetness but when i start the blending uh, then i said uh, we should contrast the pairing because if the rum is sweet, we should balance the sweetness with something spicy. Mm. And the cigar that is not sweet is going to get the sweetness from the rum. So the contrast is extremely complicated to get the balance between both. But I was, uh, that's the, way, the path that I have to take to blend the cigar to make that perfect pairing. Because uh, for me, the pairing with rum, diplomatic, and uh, Mombacho cigars wasn't something, uh, yeah, easy to smoke, happy hour. No, 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 guys. This is extremely complex. You know, the complexity of the rum, I have to make a, a cigar that is complex. The, the rum has uh, that sweet character. Let's put some spiciness to, to cut a little bit the sweetness and to make a balance in the mouth uh, that otherwise you cannot have it with a sweet cigar and a sweet rum. So yeah. it was, uh, that was uh, the, the main idea, blending the cigar, that it was, again, uh, the difficult thing to do. But I went there, and it took time, uh, but, guys, the, the balance. So think this. Pair, word is a pairing. Because we shouldn't even talk about that word. Not only contrast or similarity, 
the word pairing. The pairing is uh, something that goes well with uh, a wine, uh, uh, I don't know, a whiskey, a rum, whatever we are going to drink, okay? But now, if they are so similar together, you are not pairing, you are putting together, right? The sweet and sweet. I mean, it is sweet, right? But when you are going to pair something, you want to have a unique experience. And that's what I was looking for. Now, the, the, there is a lot of uh, personal involvement of, a, of any smoker on a pairing, because uh, I love rum, pairing with cigars. So you may be drinking bourbon, you love cigars. That's very personal. But technically, yeah. that's another world, another level. So that's yeah. went, why that's why I went so deep into the word pairing and by contrast. Yeah, and I think I agree with you. I think that's important because yep. there are so. I mean, and and that's also one of the things that makes it great is the possibilities are endless. You know, from from if you just look at, let's just take, just take Nicaragua for example. Yeah. Take only tobaccos grown in Nicaragua, and you know, all the different blends that could be made from those tobaccos grown in that one country. And then take all the different spirits that are out there and coffees that are out there and different things that are out there. And, you know, putting those combinations together and everybody has, this is another great part about it is everybody has a different palate and everybody, some people like a lot of spice. Some people don't, some people like to mix it up. And, And that's one of the coolest parts about it is the, the possibilities are endless, and you could have you can have the same cigar with different types of drinks for weeks weeks in a row, and and always have a different smoking and 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 a, a com, com, combining experience. I agree, hundred uh, percent. You know, awesome of what you said, and I will add a couple of things. I have uh, uh, three perfect pairings for me. The ultimate for me is uh, Roman cigars. <clears throat> and there is a, a cultural heritage explication of that as well. It's coming from the same soil, the same weather, temperature and sun, uh, the same people working that land. Uh, so it is good. It has to be good. Yeah. Right? <clears throat> then, cigars and champagne. Not many people talk about that. I can tell that's, you, it's that's one of the most that's, that's mind- something I've never tried. Mind-blowing experience. Now, get a good champagne. Don't get uh, a commercial uh, kind of champagne. That yes, champagne just because it's made in the region of champagne. Get a true yeah. champagne, right? Okay. There is very good champagne that is not very expensive. Those bubbles, okay, that are going to clean your palate and that the persistency of the taste of champagne when it's good with a cigar uh, that's that's very unique. The okay. third one. The yeah, third what's one, the, the other one? Yeah, the third one, uh, I've been uh, many times to China. Okay, Mombacho was there a few years ago. We had uh, awesome trips and, uh, you know, traveling uh, in China. One of the most beautiful pairings uh, has been uh, with tea. Cigars mm-hmm. and tea. And I remember, uh, mm. it is not Chinese, I mean, technically, uh, a, a tea that is called oolong. Oolong tea. Thank you. From Taiwan. Ah, with cigars. That's killer. That I agree. And Garrett and I both agree with that. We 100%. Yeah. 
yeah, it goes really. And I, I am absolute. That is on my list this week. I'm going to go out and get a good quality bottle of champagne and and try it with some uh, some different cigars because. And it makes sense because when I when I review a cigar, I try to keep my palate free from anything else. So I don't drink coffee or, or whiskey or anything. I drink either yeah. still water or sparkling water. And the, you're, you're right that the bubbles, it helps to clean mm-hmm. and cleanse the palate. And, and just so you, you're free to just taste everything going on in the cigar. But I can see where champagne would heighten that experience with, with, with also the flavor of the grape along yeah. with that, that, the bubbles. It's a, it's a, it's awesome. I mean, I remember in uh, in two thousand uh, what was that? Maybe two thousand three uh, when I came back from Dominican Republic and I started to work in Europe. I had the the the, uh, the privilege, and I, I have to say privilege, to have a a pairing with cigars and champagne. The champagne was a, a Dom Perignon. But not only because of the champagne. The Metro de Chez, that means the champagne maker of Dom Perignon was there for the tasting. Ooh, and wow. when you have those legends talking to you, man, I was in paradise. I, oh, boy. That was <laughs> awesome. That was awesome. Well, and that's, and that's one of the reasons I think rum and cigars, as far, if you're going to pair a, a you know, a spirit with cigars. I think I agree with you that, that rum is the perfect spirit pairing because, and a lot of wine people say this because I'm gradually, I'm a little by little starting to get into wine and learn about wine. And one of the things I'm learning is that a lot of wine people say what grows together goes together and tobacco and sugar cane grow in a lot of the same places and they and it's they're very similar climates similar Mm. similar regions whether it's cuba nicaragua dominican republic what grows together goes together and i i genuinely believe there's something about the something about rum and cigars that like you said earlier the 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 contrast and combinations of flavors that what that the things that are missing in a flavor profile on a cigar, the rum makes up for and fills those spots in and, and vice versa. Exactly. And, uh, you know, going a little bit deeper on that, uh, maybe we stay too much into flavors, into aromas. Okay. We don't talk too much about uh, stimulations. So when you have a perfect pairing uh, like uh, uh, rum and cigars or for me, champagne and cigars, that's uh, all about not only the, the, the symbiosis of the aromas, it's the stimulation of your mouth, your palate, your gums, yeah. your throat, uh, into your nose. There is a lot of stimulation. And then those have been translated by your brain uh, into flavors, into aromas, but the stimulation, it's an extremely important part of the taste. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, so, um, I, this is something we normally do earlier in the show, but, but we, we got into this great topic and I loved it, but I was, uh, one thing I want all our, always, I want our viewers to get a little picture of our guests as far as what that, what it was like for you the first time that you sat down and fired up a premium hand rolled cigar and you know, what, what your experience was like, whether honestly, whether it was good or bad. 
Okay. Uh, we got a comment, I can tell. I can tell. That, that it goes back uh, to the first day that I stepped inside of the cigar industry. So uh, for the, uh, the ones are listening uh, and they don't know me, I started uh, in May 18, 2001 in Dominican Republic. I was already living there because I moved from France, uh, no, sorry, from Turkey, where I lived a couple of years, to Dominican Republic in August of 2000. And I started there a job, uh, I was an Italian teacher. And I was a translator and interpreter because I speak a couple of languages. So for me, it's very easy, you know, the languages. And uh, I started that career. So in early May 2001, a uh, beautiful uh, Olga Estrella, beautiful Dominican lady, called me saying, uh, uh, I would need uh, a translator that speaks Spanish, English, and French uh, to translate a conference in Italian. I was like, okay, I, I can do that. I speak those languages. I'm, uh, you know, mother tongue Italian, so I'm a translator. I can do that. And I asked her what's about uh, the, uh, the conference or seminars. Uh, she said that it's about tobacco and cigars. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. So I don't smoke cigars, so I don't really know if I know that, you know, the dictionary, the, all the words involved. She was like, no, no, no worries. Uh, we are getting a group of uh, Italians, tobacconists that are coming into Dominican Republic to visit the cigar factory, the plantation. Uh, you should stay with the guys and the people of the company to translate them to the Italians. And the company was Davidoff. So the first day I show up, these guys are from Italy, you know, happy to see me in Italian. And uh, they, they had a seat in this beautiful room uh, in a beautiful hotel in Santiago de los Caballeros, Dominican Republic. So I started my translation. And, uh, you know, the uh, worldwide ambassador Davidoff was there giving uh, the uh, welcome to everybody. And then Enki Kellner, I think everybody knows who's Enki these days, is maybe <laughs> one of the few true legends on the planet about tobacco. Yeah. And yeah. uh, and he started talking, you know. And he was like, oh, "The cigar, you know, his deep voice was like, oh, I want to be like this guy.'" <laughs> so, with that in mind, you know, I spent the entire day translating at the dinner. They said that you have to to sit beside Henke because people are going to ask a lot of questions. So stay beside Henke. So I had my seat, and uh, we started dinner. We had a couple of drinks. And then, of course, uh, cigars uh, were passing around, and I took uh, one cigar. And I said, uh, uh, Enki, I smoke in this cigar. Well, should I smell chocolate, coffee? You know, I never smoked a cigar in my life before that. I was like, uh, I, I, I was listening and translating him. I was like, coffee, chocolate. And he goes like, uh, <clears throat> Claudio, just uh, shut your mouth and listen to the cigar. I was like, uh, okay, let me smoke it. That was my first cigar ever in my life. That is wonderful. Yes. And how was it? I, I stayed nine years with Davidoff. Then <laughs> uh, I worked two and a half in Dominican Republic, two and a half years with them uh, in Switzerland. Then I went back to Italy for three and a half years with them. Then I left uh, the company. And then I moved to Miami. I was a consultant for a few years in the industry. You know, Miami, all the brands are pretty much based in Miami. Mm -hmm. And uh, and actually, Mombacho was one of my uh, 
of my consultancy that I did uh, that period. And then we can talk later about more about Mombacho, but that was that was my first cigar. And I can so tell that- you, I, I cannot say I liked or not because I was like a puff and then translating and no, what, what do you say? What are you asking? So it was kind of uh, very easygoing uh, or not, uh, you know, thinking about I smoking my first cigar. Yeah. But that thing, the Enki said to me, I was like, okay. I got it. <laughs> so that in, in my head, I'm thinking that's that's the equivalent of the first time you ever drive a car. Yeah. Mario Andretti is sitting right next to you. Let and he's, and he's, teaching, he's teaching you the gears. Uh, teaching the you how to drive. That, I mean, that's that's <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't get any better than that. Actually, you don't drive the Ferrari. The yeah. Ferrari drive. Yeah. Actually, actually, you know, uh, I, I have to mention uh, the Enki is my mentor. Uh, you know, I call him dad when I see a couple of times uh, during the year around the world. And, uh, you know, it was like, Claudio, I know you like this. Come with me. And it's those are memories that I would never forget. And I can tell you, I've been so lucky to have as my mentor or one of the legends, true legends uh, on this yeah. world that I'm at. Speechless yeah. every time I talk about Enki. <clears throat> well, and real quick, I just want to update people on um, this beautiful cigar. Um, the it is a it is a dense wrap. It is a beautiful, beautiful wrapper that is is flawless, and the uh, burn is perfect. If you've been watching Matt and I smoking it, the there's a ton of great smoke output, and this is just you can just tell when you're an inch inch and a half in the construction and the quality of a cigar and this is the quality is a, not a 10 thank yeah. you i appreciate that and uh you know i would say that i uh blending uh the cigars uh it's uh a mombacho we want to have uh, a, a very particular experience okay so if we talk about evolution you can have a cigar that i call flat it's uh, from the beginning uh, to the end, uh, quite uh, the same thing. Beautiful, you know. Then you have those cigars uh, that they can start uh, very uh, uh, slowly, and then they pick up. They pick up uh, toward the end. Then we have a uh, Mombach and many other cigars as well. But they are blending in a way that the very beginning, it's uh, just that little punch saying, uh, knocking the door. Hey guys, this is a Mombach. Then you have that, that, that little puff in the beginning. It's like, oh, well, especially with Casa Favilli, with that very particular f- flavor of the broly from Nicaragua. Then the cigars, so they turn into a more smooth, uh, creamy, you know, and they change a lot of the flavors. And then at the end, they pick up again. There is a, a reason why behind that. But I love those cigars that they have a, this evolution that they change a lot. You know, they entertain you. Mm-hmm. They give it that experience from the beginning to the end, and it's like engaging. You know, the cigar, the cigar is telling you something, and it's changing what it's saying in the first third, the second, and the last one. Yeah, um, and that's that actually is a really great segue into this next question, and it's something that we've talked to a lot of people about from uh, blending and. F- and cigar factory experience like you. Yeah. So from the, on the whole, 
cigar making, premium cigars, for the most part, mm-hmm. around the world, whether it's Nicaragua, Honduras, Dominican Republic, Cuba, for the most part, things are the same as far as their tobacco leaves that are grown, primed, cured, fermented, and then rolled into cigars. Mm-hmm. But... I like hearing from everybody about the because every company has little differences that set them apart from the rest. And I've been fortunate enough to visit Casta Favilli and the factory in person and see it. And I've also been fortunate enough to see a lot of other factories. And there are differences that I noticed when I was at your factory. Yes. So tell our viewers a little bit about some of the things that set <clears throat> that set Mombacho apart uh, from you know, from just the the everyday, you know, like I said, just, you know, leaves that are cut, cured, fermented, and rolled. There's there are differences, and tell us about those. First of all, when you step inside Granada, you really feel back in time, 250 years ago, where those beautiful colonial factories that we have in our pictures, you know, rolling cigars. That's the first feeling. More than that, when you step inside the Casa Favilli, that is a hundred years old, uh, pure colonial uh, style, you don't, you don't even, you don't only feel that history, but you are inside that history. Uh, our factory is uh, the, the mansion of uh, the most famous architect uh, in the last century in Nicaragua. By the way, an Italian, they came uh, early. Uh, I think he arrived in Nicaragua in 1922. And in 1925, he was an architect, a sculptor, very famous. Uh, he finished, uh, he, he built uh, the first presidential palace uh, in Nicaragua. So he built his mansion uh, in Granada. So that style is there. And uh, we are into a building that we, we own that building we purchased in 2014. Uh, so lucky to get the building. And it's classified the monument in town. So it is not only the history, it's certified it's a monument. Not only because it was the mansion of Favilli, but because of the meaning of history. And the idea of Mombacho was uh, 12 cigars rolled in a place like they were rolled 250 years ago. For example, another thing, we don't use, uh, you know, that manual machine that you roll cigars. Okay, I said manual machine. It's not a machine. It's manual. You know, that he had uh, <clears throat> the rollers. We don't use that because we roll uh, totally by hand. And that's the way that we were made uh, 150 years ago, right? <coughs> then all the details uh, of production, uh, the temperatures, the humidities, uh, the quality controls uh, are made in a way that in each blend uh, we create the Favilli, we have uh, the Mombacho signature as well, okay? And uh, I can tell you, I just marked uh, one of the Diplomaticos. In each of the bands, in the back, uh, there is the date uh, when the cigars are rolled. We age the cigars uh, for, what do you have? September 19. Matt, what do you have? The same? Yes. Same bag. Yeah. There you go. And... uh, uh, you know, we age the cigars uh, minimum six months before to be packed because uh, I truly believe uh, that the six months is the perfect timing uh, to have uh, 
that 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 secret the symbiosis between the tobaccos so to give your stimulation flavors and each of the details all those things are made in a, in a spectacular place so that's what Mombacho is making a very different in the industry so far we are not in Esteli as I said we are in Granada it's a, it's a many many little uh, you know details that makes that make Mombacho because we are redefining uh, the word the boutique you know boutique is not only about the size boutique mm-hmm. right. the, guys this is boutique yes yep i bet you how many brands you know that they put to the date where when the cigars were rolled in the back of the rings so many of those details that's boutique you know boutique it's a, a way to work it's a way to create it's a way to craft things and that word is coming from France. Uh, so boutique, we think is small because boutiques are small. The space is small, right? But yeah. it's a lot more than just the size of production or the place or the number of people working in a factory. Of course, even myself, after 20 years, step inside a factory with 2,000 people or 300 pair of rollers rolling, I get impressed. But we are not yeah. doing less things than a factory that they have a 300 pair of rollers um and there's there's also a little bit of a difference and this is something that i found really interesting when i was there is the the storage where the cigars age before they're before they're banded in box and shipped there's something tell us about the uniqueness of that storage space that the cigars are kept in so the aging room, what we call the aging room, it's a, it's a room that we keep the cigars to age, okay? Because aging cigars, it's a process. We're not keeping there. We are not resting the cigars for a little bit. We are pushing the cigars to age. So when I built that, that, that room, because the Casa Favilli wasn't a cigar factory before much, It was a private mansion. So I had, uh, you know, the fortunate, I was so lucky that I create uh, each of the spaces uh, as I was picturing uh, to have a cigar factory in my dreams, right? Not in my mind, in my dreams. So that room, uh, first of all, uh, we painted it with a special paint uh, that doesn't have uh, any other and it doesn't get any mold. Then uh, we wrapped uh, completely the entire room uh, with a cedar from Nicaragua that is called the Cedro Macho. In the family of cedars, so you have uh, many, many, many different cedars. Mm-hmm. And we have still uh, the common, you know, picture or idea that the Spanish cedar is the best to keep the cigars uh, as a humidor, that stuff. But the Spanish cedar has, has a very strong smell. So I picked the Cedro Macho Nicaraguense from Nicaragua because it doesn't have any smell. Because I said that if I, I had that design, I designed the blend, we created that, all the quality controls and everything, and then I get the smell from a wood, that's a contamination for me. So mm-hmm. zero contamination from the wood. Uh, then uh, the system, uh, it's uh, an os- a reverse osmosis uh, that is cleaning the water. So we have a pure water without minerals, uh, no chlorine, uh, uh, nothing that is injected by a misting pump into a line with nozzles. So when the nozzles are spraying uh, with a very high pressure, it's 1000 PSI, the microns are so small that evaporates after maybe 20 inches from the nozzle. So if you want to, you have 
you have that humidity that you don't see, you don't touch, you don't even feel. When it's humid, you feel humidity. In the room, you don't feel that because it evaporates so fast. And we have always 21.5 Celsius and 63% of humidity, 63, 64. Zero contamination from the outside, even the water. It's, a, it's a like a distilled water. We distilled the water through the osmosis. And it's just, it took me like a, almost three months to build that, that, that aging room. Yeah. And that was one of the things that, that struck me about being in that room is when those, when those nozzles turned on, you could hear them, but you couldn't see. It wasn't like, it, like a lot of times you see a, a, a humidor, if you're in a humidor at a cigar shop, if their humidifier kicks on, you see these massive clouds of water vapor in the air. And yeah. in your aging room, you can hear the nozzles kick on, but you can't see anything. That's awesome. So, so that was really striking. Remember that I was saying aging. That's why it, that room is extremely complicated and technical. There is a lot of technique there to have that temperature. And, and if, because the aging is a process. So during the aging process, uh, the cigars are breathing and they are interacting uh, with the environment. So you have to give uh, a certain environment, certain temperature, certain humidity, you know, to have uh, that breath going uh, very slow and purging uh, the little, little ammonia you have. You didn't smell any ammonia in that room. I bet you you didn't. Right. Not in that room. Exactly. Because the ammonia, it was in process. So we got the cigars at the point that now they got to breathe. They got to purge just a little bit of extra, you know, irritant things that can still have in the, uh, in the blend. But more than that, that symbiosis between tobaccos that you can have only with certain temperature and humidity. You know, that room yeah. is not getting a cigar a couple of months to dry and then packing and shipping. We age them, which is 100% different than... Uh, keeping cigars for drying a little bit or other things. Yeah. So, Claudio, since 2001, when you were really introduced into the cigar industry to now, you have a huge amount of knowledge and experience in the cigar industry in a very short period of time. Can you give us a a kind of a a snapshot of that process between (laughs) – 2001 and and today and what that has meant for you well it's a big i know let's uh let's put on a side for a moment the mentors because i Mm -hmm. I had several mentors i had the one in tobacco enki i had the others in business and that kind of i mean let's step between uh, uh you know dominican republic and geneva Dominican Republic, I was working and learning, uh, smoking, uh, going in the fields, uh, going to the factories. Uh, at the end, I was selling cigars. I was selling Davidoff in Dominican Republic. And then they asked uh, to go to Geneva uh, to work at the Davidoff shop in Geneva, which is the shop where Zeno Davidoff, a founder of Z- uh, Davidoff Cigars, uh, worked his entire life. So if you want, it was uh, so different that I cannot even compare that. I was yeah. young. I was like uh, so in love and passionate about this. I was like, uh, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. So in Geneva, another awesome experience. But from that, uh, the progression went even uh, you know, faster. Because after two and a half years, uh, David said, uh, 
do you want to get back to your country in Italy to be a brand manager of the entire portfolio of Davidoff? I was like, yeah, wait. <laughs> what, 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 what's going on here, right? So I, was, uh, I, I didn't even think. I was like, yes, I'm going. I don't know. I've never been a brand manager. Uh, you know, I, it's, uh, I was like, like, like this, speechless. So progression yeah. went uh, very, very fast. So in the last, in the first nine years uh, of my uh, of my experience of my career, if you want, uh, I went uh, from uh, one seed of tobacco down to brand manager. Say it's uh, you know uh, managing eighty people in the uh, in the team in Italy. Uh, I was just like, uh, wow. That's why when I stepped out of Davidoff, I said, uh, actually, a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, said. Uh, you have a knowledge uh, that it's pretty rare in nine years uh, to touch all these things uh, like you did and like, uh, you know, you like to do. You should be a consultant. And I was like, uh, you know what? This is true. Because I touched production, blending, uh, I mean, everything. But my passion has been always tobacco, blending, quality control, creating, all those things. So that's why... In my consultancy job, I was back uh, to blending. Uh, I was back to tobacco, you know, new sizes and new cigars, uh, different projects. And Mobacho was like a purely, you know, blending, uh, quality control and those things. Because uh, when I met Mobacho, we made uh, a little contract of three months. I was going uh, with Cam and Marcus, uh, the founders uh, down there, you know, seeing the factory. So at the very end, uh, I was being in this career like uh, crazy fast. Yeah, it's been uh, so these days I'm sitting here and I think about, uh, look, you were 25 years ago, uh, 25 years old. You are driving uh, by yourself in Dominican Republic and selling Davidoff in the country. <laughs> Your mother didn't know if you were living in Santo Domingo in Dominican Republic. And I was like, mom, it's the same thing. It's the same country. Dominican Republic, <laughs> Santo Domingo is the capital. And I was like, uh, I didn't even think uh, about uh, how much I risked in my life uh, with uh, working in different countries, you know, having position that today I was like, uh, wow, I was brand manager of Davidoff at 27 years old in Italy for nine brands of Davidoff. And then uh, my partners at Mombacho, they went like, uh, you have to be our partner. We don't want to have a consultant. And uh, you are the tobacco guy, go for it. I was, I was like still amazed about this. And I always say very lucky because the mentors I had in my career are like uh, truly legends. Okay. Yeah. But I would say I always risked a lot. Always. <clears throat> well, and I mean, like you said, that first, that first nine years, especially yeah. we, we use the term, I don't know if this is a, a term you're familiar with, but we use the term drinking from the fire hose. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, take, it's taking in scores and scores of information in a very short period of time. Um, but it, I mean, it shows that you, you actually took that information in and you actually did because a lot of people, sadly, and it could be cigars or any field, any, any business, uh, any, any type of art in the world you can have people who are surrounded by great mentors who just don't take in the information mm -hmm. but you took in the information i think one of the best uh, uh you know advice uh, the enki gave me was like claudio you got to be curious I was like, yeah. what, do you, 
what do you mean it was like a, don't don't ask yourself if the, the cigar tastes uh, spicy and if it's pepper black pepper pink pepper ask why it is spicy and then you go into what kind of spice it is that's a, a little example to say that it was like a, be curious if you are curious you learn if you don't ask question to yourself you don't learn you, you are listening and then if you do not have memory you don't retain so you are not learning it has been uh, like uh, you know back and forth back and forth uh, between uh, risking uh, mentors uh, traveling uh, i mean i'm not mentioning the passion i have because man after 20 years if i didn't have passion i wasn't sitting here enjoying a cigar with you and all the guys listening to me and to us yeah yeah so i want to i want to ask you to spend a little time talking about this great project um, the Cosecha project, uh, because it's, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a project that I, I think is, is, is so, um, important. I think it's so cool when, when you can, because like we mentioned a little bit ago, you can take tobaccos just from Nicaragua, just, just from, you know, from from that country, but you look at all the different regions and all the different years that the tobaccos are grown and things like that. But the Cosecha project is important, I think, because it yeah. relies it relies on a specific calendar year. So tell us about that project and 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 also you know specifically about the one that's going to be released very soon. Uh, so- so I, I think you were mentioning uh, wine and those things that you like, uh, you know, you're getting more and more involved with wine. I'm a huge lover of wine. <clears throat> I do not have uh, the, uh, the knowledge of a sommelier or those things, but, you know, I like to enjoy a glass of wine. So I was so intrigued by one thing. In the wine world, there is uh, the vintage okay and they can put the date the year sorry on the labels and saying this is a vintage why they do that because in the bottle of wine even though it's a blend it's uh, uh, from the same country okay and uh, all the grapes are from the same year crop so different uh, grapes but if uh, on the label there is uh, i don't know 1999 all the grapes are 1999 yeah the cigar industry, how many limited edition, reserva, uh, vintage, uh, limited here, private reserve, this and that, but how many did something like in the wine industry? How many of my colleagues made a cigar from tobaccos or from one country? All of them at the same year crop. And every year they're doing that. Okay. And I say that because uh, when we blend cigars, uh, we use a different years of crop because, of course, uh, you know, Mother Nature, we got to play, we got to blend because the goal is uh, blending to have at the end uh, the same result, even though the blend is not mathematically the same. That's yeah. my job, right? You smoke around I, Casa Favilli, today, in three years, uh, should taste the same. And I use mm-hmm. the different tobaccos, right? But in wine, they have that true vintage. So... In 2012, I remember going around the shopping tobaccos in Nicaragua and said that, you know what, we should make uh, a true vintage. You know, true vintage like in wine. So the first uh, cosecha 
that translated in English, uh, it means crop. It's a Mombacho Cosecha 2012 that we released uh, three years ago, four years ago. Why? Because uh, all the tobaccos in the cigar are from Nicaragua and are from 2012. Then we released 2013. Then 14, and we are shipping in these days Cosecha 2015. Now, what's the difference there? Cycling wine vintage. Why a Chateau Lafitte 1976 is not good and uh, a 1978 cost a million dollar a bottle? Yeah. So for me, it was uh, giving you the experience of the true vintage of Nicaragua of that year. So, for example, 2015, the crop was, uh, uh, you know, weather was pretty dry, not a lot of rain. Tobacco's are very strong. So 15 is uh, the strongest of the cosecha because that crop was uh, the strongest between 12, 13, 14, 15. 13, uh, you know, oh boy, that sweetness, the cacao, dry fruits, that was, uh, 2012, uh, it was pretty medium because it wasn't a strong crop. And I can tell you more, there is not uh, a vintage cosecha 2016. Why? It okay. was a very weird year. You know, for me, it's not making every year the cosecha. For me, it's giving you the experience uh, and the true knowledge of that cosecha, of that crop, that vintage. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. good. I couldn't get the blend that it was satisfying. So I skipped the 16, and we already made uh, 2017. The cigars are the age for three years minimum. 2012, I aged for four years. They have a very long period of aging, and it's just something, I mean... These days, uh, I'm like, why you are making this? It's so difficult and every year. And now they are asking for more and more. And I can tell you, we make always uh, between 4,000, 5,000 cigars. Uh, it's a true limited edition vintage, right? Yeah. Now, I didn't yeah. make it 16. But in the year where Cosecha 16 should be out, it's our 15th anniversary, and we have uh, a different thing there. I okay. can't say anything now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, and I, that that actually ties into what we talked about a little bit ago with champagne. And this is another thing I learned about with with wine that I never knew is for 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 say a Cabernet or a Merlot or a Chardonnay, you'll have a vintage for every year. Yeah. But champagne's not that way. Champagne, true champagne, they only have vintages for years that were worthy of producing a vintage for that year. So exactly. you're saying basically, so there won't be a Cosecha 2016 because the tobaccos that year, they just weren't worthy of making a. Now, I cannot say the tobaccos were not good, right? Okay. But to get that, that spirit of that, that crop into a cigar was like, uh, no, guys, this is not the spirit. And it was uh, the, the beginning of the crop, it was a very rainy, then it was very dry, then it rained again at the very end. Uh, was very weird. So, yeah, but that, that's the idea. If you think about the champagne, it's called the Salon. Salon champagne yeah. make a salon only in the vintages that they think is the best of the best. That's it. Yeah, and that's, now, that's why know, I agree. That. You, you don't know how many guys that they are like, uh, do you have more boxes of uh, Cosecha 13 or you can make more? Like, uh, I'm sorry, when it's gone, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and it is, 
it is a, a special cigar, and I've I've been fortunate to smoke uh, one or more of of each year of the of the Cosecha project, and it, it they really are unique experiences. They're not, it's not the same cigar. They're unique experiences, and they really are. A, like you said, you use the word snapshot. It's a it's a snapshot of what the crop was like that you got to select from during during that particular year, and that's what makes the project a lot of fun. I think even for the consumer. You know, because mm-hmm. they get to buy that box of cosecha each each time it comes out and experience what what the difference is. You know, from from one crop year to the next, I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I agree, and uh, you know, I, I cannot hide that. And I said that my inspiration was uh, wine and champagne and that vintage mindset. You know, that when you find something so special, you gotta make it vintage. But the true meaning of vintage again. This is not only a limited edition or reserve. This is a lot more. Even my partners said at the very beginning, really, we are doing this? And then I age for three years. And one of my partners, Marcus, was like, yes, this is something we have to do. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> did that before. So I want to know a little bit about, because you're you're really deeply involved, not not just with Mombacho, but with, with the, the premium tobacco uh, industry as a whole in Nicaragua. Yeah. Yes. And give our viewers, give us a little bit of an idea of what the state of things are, is like right now, as far as, you know, because obviously things had to be shut down for a period of time. Most factories are running again. Uh, but what, what are things like from, from an industry standpoint with, with premium tobacco in Nicaragua? Okay. Let me say that, you know, I, uh, since January, I'm uh, the president of the, uh, the Nicaraguan Tobacco Chamber. Uh, that is not an honor. It's like a dream uh, to be, uh, you know, they are representing uh, the monsters uh, of Nicaragua, like being names. Like, I don't want to name uh, one because then uh, I have to name uh, everybody. But, you know, La Crema, the La Crema of Nicaragua is inside uh, this beautiful association that is called the uh, Nicaraguan Tobacco Chamber. And since I'm the uh, the president, so I have, uh, <clears throat> if you want a deep, uh, you know, insight uh, about Nicaragua and what's going on right now. So, of course, uh, you know, COVID, uh, very difficult, but we get ready and, uh, you know, the prevention. Uh, and I should say that all the members uh, are spending, uh, you know, money, time, effort, uh, education uh, and everything, uh, you know, to preserve the health uh, and the, 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 you know, our people working there. This is beautiful to see. And uh, on the other side, uh, man, more I'm in Nicaragua, more I see Nicaragua, the progression of the country, more I say the future of cigars is in Nicaragua. <laughs> the soil of Nicaragua, it is unique uh, on the planet. The people working there, uh, the seeds we use, the knowledge that we have today and, uh, you know, the culture that we are creating day by day since decades in Nicaragua, it's, it's unique. It's unique on the planet. I should say we are the first manufacturer on the planet of uh, premium cigars. <coughs> Excuse me. So we are the first country. 15 years ago, we were not the first. We are far away from the first. But in these days... Uh, you know, we are the first, uh, and I want to say premium cigars. From Nicaragua, 
you can expect the best of the best because again the soil the country the history uh the weather the people everything in the when you go through study you smell tobacco <laughs> you yeah. see people around smoking and the factories it's uh, if you want to understand what it is the, the cigar industry today go to study come to visit us in granada and go to nicaragua it's a magnificent country it really is and i've been fortunate to be there a couple times and um you know that is part of it that you mentioned is people going to uh these countries and going to the cigar factories people people like us who really are interested in premium cigars and you know, uh, having a chance to go to some of these factories and, and a lot of places are, you know, uh, around the world gradually starting to open things up again. So do you, do you think there's, there's a future for that coming up soon again in Nicaragua where, where you're going to see cigar tourism for lack of a better term, start to ramp up again? You know, honestly, I think it's going to take, uh, uh a little bit more time than uh, a normal touristic uh, country that could be, uh, I don't know, a European country, other stuff. But that's in general in Nicaragua. Uh, but for the cigar uh, tourism, I think, uh, yes, we're going to be back to normal life and even more very, very soon. Because after this, you know, the people want to get back, uh, enjoying life, smoking a cigar, visiting a cigar factory, you know, experiencing the culture, the food, the tobacco, plantation, everything. And uh, uh, I think uh, we will be ready more than ever to receive uh, back people, to open our doors. You know, at Mombacho, for example, we give uh, tours uh, to everybody. You do not have to be from the cigar industry uh, to visit our factory. We have been, right. uh, in 2017, uh, we received uh, 2,000 people visit our factory, even tourists. You know, we have a tour guide. You take a tour, 45 minutes, you go through the entire process. That's what we do in Nicaragua. It's not only Mombacho. Many, many, many factories, they do that. Because yeah. we realized that the education is the best thing we can do. So we open the doors, call us, call Mombacho. We, uh, when will we be ready? Again, doors will be open and go there. Go there. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a great thing to see. So I encourage everybody when, when you're able to, uh, you know, get down to Nicaragua and, and visit these people and, and see this process with your own eyes, because it really, it really is, it, it gives you such a deep appreciation for, you know, these, these products that we, that we enjoy so much. Um, and Matt, just, it's not only, it's not only the, the respect. It's like you realize how difficult it is to have a premium cigar. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, now I understand. Because many times uh, we pass around cigars. Ah, this is made here. This is made there. You don't know how many people are sitting there every day with the think in mind. Uh, okay, let's make this unique. That's right. It. Yeah. So this is uh, this is one thing that I like to ask everybody because you know, although you know, those of us who have kids, we would never choose a favorite child because we love all our kids equally. But, but you've got a lot of different blends and a lot of different, you know, brands that come from the Mabacho Cigar Factory. Um, 
can you choose a favorite the the one that you can you say to yourself i smoke this cigar every day and i just i i it's a cigar that i couldn't do without a very tough question i know <laughs> tough question because i have a cigar for the morning maybe the afternoon maybe uh you know uh, before uh, an happy hour but if i should pick uh, my favorite <clears throat> Liga Maestro Hermoso. Liga Maestro 6x46. Yeah. That's, mm. that's, uh, that's a masterpiece. Because of the size, because of the blend, uh, because of the uh, concentration of flavors, but maybe because there is a lot of the technical aspect of my job in that cigar that I recognize or it yeah. gets in my mind. But, you know, right now I'm smoking uh, a Tierra Volcan Fino. He said six by 44. So ringages from 44 up to 50, that's my ringage first. Then uh, should say Liga Maestro Hermoso, uh, Tierra Volcan Classico, Casa Favilli Robusto. I think you smoke the Robusto, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, uh, the sweet spot is Cosecha. Yeah. Yeah, but absolutely. Liga Maestro Mosso, anytime, anywhere, can't get enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, Claudio, we're going to shift gears and we're going to move into a segment we call the smokabulary word. It's a vocabulary word that's specific to us cigar nerds out there in the world who love premium cigars. Okay. Uh, and, guys, as always, Smokabulary is brought to you by A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So, this week's smokabulary word is, and Claudio, you're going to know this word, and I'm going to ask you to chime in on this one. This week's smokabulary word is fuma. Okay. And so fuma, uh, some, some people call it a, a tabacchiato. So a little, and and you did a tasting with us at the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival a couple of years ago. The little cigars that are rolled with one type of tobacco leaf, and then you mix those, and you and you taste little little puff off of this one, you know, a little puff off the viso, a little puff off the lajero, a little puff off the seco, and 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 a lot of blenders use those to get an idea of what the different primings of 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 uh tobacco leaves taste like and working on different blends and and it's something i learned a little bit about from you a little bit about from some other people in the industry so uh you know give us an idea about those those little fumas those little uh you know just couple leaves rolled up just to give you an idea of the characteristics of that leaf you said everything what, what do you mean to say <laughs> you explain everything <laughs> <laughs> that's because you taught me so well <laughs> Okay, let me play a little bit to the Italian teacher. Fuma is coming from the verb fumar. 
Spanish, o fumare in Italiano. So fuma means smoke. Okay, it's a smoke. Yeah. But why we associate that uh, uh, to those little uh, cigars? Because it's just smoke. It's not a blend, it's not a cigar, if you want, right? So uh, we call, uh, technically, we call them a perritos, little dogs. Okay. okay. Uh, so fuma is not uh, very common in a factory. Maybe in some factory, it's okay. But I've been around uh, in different countries, we call perritos. But that's fine, that's okay. So the fuma, it's the priming of tobacco that you try uh, pure grade, should I say? Is that correct in English? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The grade, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the priming. It's purely, yeah. you know, seco, or viso, or ligero, and those things. Yeah. So when we build the blend, what we do, it's uh, uh, going and understanding each of the priming we want to use in the blend, what they bring into the blend, what they add to the blend, or what mess they make in the blend, because that's the case too. So, for example, we take uh, two, three, four leaves of uh, seco, and we make uh, a little tube with leaves uh, only seco. So, in there we smoke, uh, and uh, you know we analyze uh, the taste, uh, the flavor, persistency, balance, uh, uh, you know bitterness, a uh, lot of things, you know roughness, uh, stimulation. Uh, I can keep going on. So, uh, and then Biso, and then Ligero, and then uh, we start uh, building that blend. You can build uh, from the wrapper. You have a wrapper. They, like I did for Casa Favilli, I want to use uh, only this, no matter what. So I built a uh, you know, binder and filler and the entire blend around the wrapper. Or I can start with a couple of fillers that I feel that they are you know, spectacular. So I build that from uh, the filler. It really depends on what you are doing and what kind of tobaccos you have. But yes, the, the, the Fuma, it's that little cigar with a grade a priming, pure yeah. one priming, and you smoke that. And then you keep going with the other primings, and then you start with the blend and those things. Yeah, It's not yeah. always so nice, I can tell you. When at 8, <laughs> 8.30 o'clock in the morning, you smoke a Ligero, like a pure grade Ligero from Esteli. Well, get ready. Or uh, maybe, maybe you, should have, you should have a bathroom uh, really, really beside your office or where you're smoking. I well, that's, honestly, that's one of the reasons that, that I think the blending process is so important and so so misunderstood because uh, when, when, you, when you sit down, I mean, you, you smoke a blend like this Casa Favilli or, or, or any blend out there that's respected in the cigar world. You taste all those flavors together and you smell all those aromas together and, and all those textures and all that. But when you you could take one leaf out of there and smoke it, and there are a lot of there are a lot of leaves that if you smoke it on its own, it's terrible. It is on its own, just to smoke you know, smoke one particular it's it's terrible. But then I said to say terrible. Sometimes it's nasty. I mean nasty. Yeah, yeah. And that's what that's why the blending process to me is just so it's almost miraculous in a way because to take to take a leaf that that you take just one or two little puffs off of and it's you think it's horrible but then you you start combining it with with other leaves from different different uh, primings different uh, varieties of tobacco different seeds different all this and regions 
And the next thing you know, there's you, when you put the work into it, there's a blend that is cohesive and that makes sense and that touches all the different areas of your palate. And I, I, I think in the, in the, in the end, the blending process, when a, when a blend comes out, that's really good. It's almost a miracle because sometimes the leaves on their own are just not good. You know, I, uh, thanks to Enki that he uh, invented that. <clears throat> I do a lot of those, uh, you know, seco, viso, ligero, and then uh, a normal cigar with those tobaccos that went through the entire, uh, you know, quality control process at the factory, uh, been aging, uh, everything. Why I do that? When you smoke uh, the seco, the viso, and the ligero, you understand uh, two things. First of all, uh, the taste. Remember, the taste is here, okay? Through this, you get the aromas. You combine both and you have a savor. So first of all, uh, remember that the first impact that you have uh, from the smoke is here. So you understand that what kind of uh, sweetness, uh, bitterness, uh, sourness, uh, and saltiness as uh, each uh, of the different tobaccos, okay? So if you don't want to make a cigar that is very, uh, very bitter, for example, you don't put uh, one to three leaves uh, Three leaves of one tobacco is very bitter, you know, just a little bit to have a, a little bit of, of bitterness. Because for tastes, if it's not bitter, you lost 25% of the taste. So you want yeah. to have, and for example, myself, a big fan of 360 degree stimulation. So everywhere, if I'm missing bitterness, I'm missing, right? So mm -hmm. you really understand the, the path that you go from a little bit of sweet a little bit of this, then you go into the, the stimulation. It is clean, it is creamy, it's not rustic, it doesn't give you that <clears throat> thing here in your throat, it's yeah. not spicing your gums, then the aromas. And I would say, aromas, guys. Oh my <laughs> God. When I'm talking about aromas, just put some nice, comfortable, sweet, or even funky aroma. But man, if it's not like a cow, it's not like a cow. A cigar, it's unique. It's not a cow, but boy, it's not a cow for an hour and a half. Maybe too much, right? Maybe my personal taste, but a cigar, it's an experience, okay? It is not something only funky or the uniqueness. It's so difficult to achieve the man constantly every day I'm thinking about that. You know, yeah. my, my philosophy blending is aroma balance, persistency. It's not complicated. You know, aroma, aroma says to be nice. You know, some honey, coffee beans, or even pepper, but nice. Then the balance, which is uh, the balance between uh, the strength, the physiological strength of the cigar, if it gets you like knocked out, or the strength of the aromas. If yeah. the coffee bean, it's almost impossible to, to smell and to feel. It's like there is no strength there. So balance between that. A lot of flavors supported by the strength. Balance. Then persistency. How many extremely good cigars you are smoking? Then after 10 minutes, you are like, what did, what did I smoke? Yeah. That, mm -hmm. that's, that there is no persistency of flavor. I can translate in aftertaste or a long finish, whatever you want to call it, okay? But that's persistency of the taste, right? Yeah. You combine those three, you have complexity. 
or a cigar that is complex. Now, you both guys, so you can go to the factory with me right now. You make a blend, raw cigars, that's a good cigar, right? To make Let's a, do it. That, that complexity, man, it's a nightmare. I mean, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Because there is so many variables and so many things to understand. It's not only about flavor. It's not only about strength. It's a million things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, should we? Uh, I think we should. All right. Let's move into this week's Numero de los Muertos. What's that? You're scaring me now. Oh, you'll see. <laughs> oh, it's fun. You guys, this week's oh, yeah. uh, Numero de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Black Work Studio, Dissident, and Emilio, Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit OvejaNegraCigars.com to learn more. All right. So... Okay. Here's what we do. I give a number of how many people have died, and I'll give some parameters, and we kind of play a 20 questions. It's a guessing game. So mm -hmm. we it's 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 this strange little game we play every week that there because you know there there could be you know it could be skateboarding or welding, you know, some something it's like 400 people died doing this, 8,000 people died doing that, and it's it's a strange yet uh, weirdly fun little game we do every week. And we play 20 questions, and our audience members get to put guesses, uh, excuse me, get to put guesses in the comments as well. So it's a, right. it's a lot of fun. Remember, so, I can always play the card, uh, English is not my language, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this week's number is 540 a year. Okay. So should I guess uh, how they died uh, those 500 people yeah. a year? And we, can, and we can throw guesses in along the way. We can, you know, so 540, is that number? So I'll give you an example, Claudio, of, of guesses that we can give to get closer to the answer. Is is that number just in North America or is it worldwide? It is global. 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 Five hundred forty people a year die from this in the whole world. Mm. Um, there is a specific uh, period of the year, or it's spread during the year. No, it is. Uh, it is all. It is all times of year. And I will say that there are some hot spots, and uh, Claudio. Um, your country of origin is a, is a hot spot. Oh boy! Okay. Of those five hundred people that died, okay. So, uh, people that they went to the bush to get uh, figs. You know the fruit. <laughs> oh yeah. wow! Yeah, yeah. When they fell down from the tree, because they are very very sweet. So as a little kid in the bush, we were taking the figs from the ground to eat those because they were the, the, they were the sweetest, right? So yeah. people get sick and they die from that. That is a great guess, but not 
not correct. <laughs> we have twenty of those questions. Oh, we'll have we'll, we'll have, have a few. We'll yeah. get we'll get there, and we'll, I'll keep giving clues. So, is this? Are these deaths caused by some kind of sport or recreational activity? No, no. Are these deaths caused in the workplace? No. Was yeah, going to ask that? No. Not in the workplace. During recreation time, like entertainment time. Um, n- not specifically. So no. Uh, is it uh, women, men, children? <laughs> yes. All of the above. All of the above. All ages. Um, all ages. Do these deaths take place on land or water? Mostly on land. Mostly on land. Uh, are they using uh, some vehicle like bicycles, bikes, or cars? Mm. Good question. Good question. No. No vehicles. <laughs> Do these deaths take place indoors or outdoors mostly? Yes. Both. Uh, and what's interesting about uh, Claudio's country, and here's another hint, is uh, these people die because they refuse to move. They refuse to move. They refuse to move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, this. Oh, we got a guess from a viewer here. Chad says horse riding accidents. Ooh. That's a good one, Chad. No, sir. Not the answer, though. Good guess. Uh, Horses? Italy? Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, they didn't want to move. So move uh, from a play, from a like a city to a town or... Mm-hmm. Were uh, these... It, does it involve some kind of a... Some, does it involve Mother Nature, some kind of yes. natural natural disaster? Yes. Not necessarily disaster. Um, Floating. Um, Floating. Well, like floating, uh, you know, when it rains a lot and it floats? Oh, flooding. No. No. Not flooding. Okay. Um, okay. But you're, you're on the right track. But it's not a storm, like hurricanes or tornadoes or anything like that? No. Does, does it at all involve... Um, Oh, Chad says, is it hurricanes? No. no. Not hurricanes. So outside and inside, right? So outside. I'm in my place, in my, in my house. And, uh, I would say most of it is outside, but there are places that have been destroyed by this. Homes. Earthquake. Very close, but no. Uh, that got to be a natural disaster. So it's close to earthquake, but it's not earthquake. Correct. Uh, 500. So you said Italy is a hot spot for this? Yes. Um, name Volcano one other. Eruption. We have yes. a lot of volcanoes. Yes. That's it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. So, I, was, I was thinking volcanoes, but I wasn't. Yeah, that's that's yeah. a great guess. There are two, we have a lot of volcanoes. Are, yeah, and there are two towns in particular where most, yes, with the Etna volcano, and then yeah. we have a volcano, the island of volcano. It's called the yes. volcano. 
Yes. <laughs> well, it's, people, it's my place, so I know them. You know. <laughs> and people refuse to move mm-hmm. because they love they love where they live. Yeah. But um, I want to say uh, like 300 people die a year from those two places in Italy every year. Yes. So three, 300 out of the 540 are from, from those two places. Correct. The wow. others are going to be like uh, Hawaii or uh, Guatemala, Lola yeah. Volcano. Southeast Asia was the other hot, hot yeah. place. Oh, yes. And then there was, uh, there's one other um, volcano that's actually under the ocean that's an active volcano where fishermen die. Oh, really? If, if the volcano is active. Wow. That means that really you have no luck in your life. You yeah. Have- <laughs> <laughs> and you die by, by a volcano rapture? Come on. <laughs> well, this is actually interesting. So, Claudio, after, right after the Nicaraguan Cigar Festival in January of 2018, mm-hmm. when I got home, Two weeks later, and I don't recall which volcano it was, but one of the volcanoes in Nicaragua had an eruption. I think a Momotombo. And I think. Uh, I think that might be right. And I think nine people died. Mm. Wow. I think nine people died in that in that particular oh, eruption. Early, it was the March, after I- yeah, the first week of March, I've been in Guatemala, uh, you know, to support our Guatemala Momacho family for a couple of events around, the beautiful people. And uh, they brought me to from Guatemala City to Antigua. And we went through a road where these volcanoes uh, killed uh, like uh, hundreds of people two years ago or a year and a half ago. So we were there, the road that we were just repaved, and it was still blowing smoke. And we were under the volcano. <laughs> I was like, guys, I know volcanoes. You know, I was born in Sicily. We have a big volcano, so I've never been beside it, like blowing it like it is right now. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. Well, and for those for those who uh, have been, we really n- didn't cover this, but for those who have been watching and listening, Mombacho is, and, and I think this might be why Garrett chose this topic for this yeah. week's Numero de los Muertos, is Mombacho is a volcano in, in Granada. Nicaragua. Yep. Yes, the big, yeah, and it's the right big in volcano, volcano in, uh, in Granada that is looking on Granada uh, is called yeah. Bombardier. Yes. Yeah. And then when I saw many of the numbers came from Italy, I was like, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you, you are like, you're creepy right now. <laughs> like, you <Yeah>. got... <laughs> that's what, that, that's the reaction we offer. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Uh, that was so awesome. That is, you know what? That awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so that is this week's Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> All right. So, Claudio, this one's a lightning round of fun questions that aren't really cigar related. Awesome. So if you, if you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Right now? Yeah, you could hear somebody's thoughts for for ten minutes. Oh, uh, that is living. Yeah, anybody in the world. Ingrid Mamstein. You, oh. all of you guys except you, Matt. You would be like, uh, who, who's this guy? What what's Ingrid Mamstein? What what's that name? I don't <laughs> even know. One of the I I learned about him when I was in high school in the eighties. 
So Ingrid, my, I played guitar in my life for a long time, you know, before uh, to step into the uh, cigar industry. Ingrid Malmsteen is the first ever on the history to put the classical music in heavy metal and he plays guitar, but the only, of course, with a heavy metal style, but you know, the, the, uh, the, the, what he plays, it's a purely 100% classical music. So yeah. it's mind blowing. If, he, if you like a classical music, and if you are into heavy metal or the evolution of that, and he he I used to play with he used better. to play with Frank Zappa back in the no, late seventies and early eighties, didn't he? That was Steve early Steve early eighties. And you Steve know what? Mamstein, he lives like a ten blocks from my place here. Are you I, I see him many times driving his Ferrari, like uh, you know, without shirt, uh, with his long hair. He's a crazy guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But you know what? A legend of music. Oh yeah. One of the he's got some of the fastest fingers on any guitar player you'll ever see. It's incredible. Matt, oh, yeah. you know, you know, music, uh, the arpeggios that it has, uh, oh, yeah. electric guitar, they yep. are unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. You, I'll, I'll show all you right. some, yeah. some videos of his. Um, all right. So, next question If you were about to get into a fight, yeah. what soundtrack music would come on? Uh, I don't know. Same answer. Uh, oh, I get answer. into fight. What kind of music uh, would be there yeah. during the fight? So, so if 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 you're if there's a movie about you and you're you know there's about to be a great big fight scene where you're about to start kicking ass. What's what's the music that's going to come on in the background in that movie to accompany the fight? Enter Sandman, Metallica. Oh yes, uh, Amy, you know it, the guy is coming. Watch out for him. <laughs> that's a great. That's the first time somebody's named that song, but that's a great answer. That is that's a, good a answer. great answer. Yep. All right, so choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a goal in the hockey game as the goalie. Or you could score a goal in the soccer in a soccer game as the goalie. The second one, the uh, touchdown. Oh uh, 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 yeah, NFL. Uh, Are you an NFL fan? You know, you know why? Because that's the thing that nobody expect that. Not even yourself that you did a touchdown or expect that. And that's my career. Right. I have a background yeah. of political sciences. I was a musician, and today I'm a master blender. And that's <laughs> that's a, that's, a, that's a, that player. That is in the back. They will, yeah. will never touch the ball. You know, I'm not an right. expert because I'm not from the United States, but you know, that's my, my, my idea. The guy never touches the ball, he make it he doesn't touch down. So yeah, that one. That's great. Love it. Do you do you follow NFL football at all? Are you like a Miami Dolphins fan or anything like that? Uh not a big sport uh, sport guy. I like it to watch some football game. It's very for me entertaining. You know, all those guys going around like crazy. Uh, yeah. But live, uh, I think I prefer NBA. I've been in a couple of games, okay. and uh, that's nice. I like it. Yeah. Do you watch World Cup? That's uh, the only sport. Now, let me tell you more. I'm Italian. So I should be about uh, football, not soccer. You call it soccer, but it's called right. football. Sorry, guys. Yep. 
We can start with that, but it's football. The only football games that I watch, it's uh, once every four years, years, if Italy is competing in the World Cup. Last World Cup, maybe I'll watch the final. Italy wasn't even there. Yeah. So. yeah. F1 racing. Do you I, get into I, I've, been a, I've been a fan of that. Uh, I uh, I followed uh, I followed uh, uh, like a three or four seasons, and I've been so lucky in two thousand I think fourteen. I smoked uh, a cigar in a balcony drinking champagne, man. Champagne a cigar mm-hmm. in a balcony in Monaco on Saturday of the F one. Not Sunday oh. the race, but on Saturday. Oh, unbelievable, unforgettable experience. Monaco, F1. Legendary. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's fantastic. Oh, yes. All right. So what is the one, the the number one piece of advice that you have? Let's say you've got somebody who's brand new to the premium cigar world. They're a brand new consumer. What's the number one piece of advice that you like to give them? Brand new consumer? Yeah. So someone is just starting to smoke cigars. Yeah. First advice, I have a couple of those. Don't smoke the shortest, shortest, smallest cigar. Those are sometimes a strong, rough, so maybe you can get, uh, you know, not the nice first experience. And then you will say, no, cigars are not for me. No, try for a Robusto, <clears throat> something mellow, medium. So don't be stuck about the first idea. No, I don't smoke, I want a small cigar. <clears throat> Second, be curious. That's mm. the advice I got. That's why I'm here right now. Be yeah. curious about the size, the countries, the brands, but believe in quality. So slowly you will make uh, your, uh, your choice about quality and blends, uh, but start uh, just as uh, let's have a cigar with a drink. You know, don't start about, oh, like me, should I smell chocolate and this? <laughs> Shut the mouth. Sure. And smoke the cigar. The cigar yeah. is going to tell you something. No, you. <laughs> I love that. Shut the mouth and smoke the cigar. That's. I want a T-shirt that says that. Yes. Shut the mouth and smoke the cigar. I love that. Yep. All right. Um, so we're going to talk about this week's uh, Claudio. Each week we talk about a notable smokable. It's something that Garrett and I have smoked that was interesting to us over the last week. It could be a cigar that's been on the market for 20 years, and it could be a cigar that's brand new, something that we just thought was interesting. Uh, and you can certainly, you know, come in with us on this. Obviously, you smoke mostly Mombacho products, but uh, do you find yourself from time to time reaching for cigars, uh, you know, that, that are outside of the Mombacho brand? And, and is there anything recently that you smoked that, 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 uh, that you enjoyed that, that caught your interest? You know, of course, because I'm always uh, looking uh, on what's going on in the market, uh, you know, my colleagues, the blends or uh, new tobaccos. So when I see that there is a new tobacco or a wrapper or something very, uh, you know, different or for the first time, I always try that. Now, I should say with this situation, uh, I haven't been around in cigar shops. So since uh, a little bit, uh, I, haven't, I haven't smoked uh, cigars from other brands or uh, but I think uh, I have to say, and I'm honest, you know, I smoke in Nicaragua. Yeah. More and more and more. Yeah. yeah. I, I found that, you know, Nicaragua, it's very 
satisfying for my palate, for example, because if you forget my job, okay, not the master blender, I'm a cigar aficionado. I smoke cigars and I enjoy them. Yeah. Nicaragua, it's my palate like it did in 2005 that I was at David of Geneva and I smoked it for the first time and 100% uh, Nicaraguan tobacco. First time in my life. I was like, oh boy, this is very different. <laughs> yeah. very. Like, really? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um, my my mm -hmm. notable this week was actually, so a few weeks ago we had Tim mm -hmm. from American Viking Cigars on the show. And live on the show, I smoked the one called the Filthy Viking. Yep. Uh, and I enjoyed it very much. And they, he also sent the the Dama Volata, uh, which I I waited a few days to try. Uh, well, maybe I, it was a little longer, but maybe about a week I waited and I tried that cigar. Um, and I thought it was very good. I enjoyed it. But I definitely would, you know, if, if just for my palate and there was, to me, there was a lot more complexity. And it, it, I was more interested in the first blend, the Filthy Viking. But right I thought on. it was I thought it was just for my palate, uh, more interesting and complex. And I really but the Dama Volata also very good blend. But I enjoyed the Filthy Viking. Um, you know what? I smoked that uh, a little bit time ago because I know Tim very, very well. And I visited him a couple of times in Arizona and uh, super nice guy. I love him. He's, yeah. uh, he's a he's a true character. Yeah. Yeah. We loved him. Oh, yeah. uh, my my cigar on uh, the Fourth of July. I smoked a Zeno. Um, oh, nice! Yeah, it was kind of a, a trade piece. Me and uh, another guy traded some cigars, and um, you know, I had this very nice Zeno Platinum. And um, you know, I'm just getting into really enjoying the cigar, and then it's time to do light fireworks. <laughs> so we have. I mean. It, almost a thousand dollars worth of cigars or excuse me fireworks out and uh there's three of us that are putting on this fireworks show and i've got this xeno platinum hanging out of my mouth like it's a yard gar <laughs> as we're lighting all these fireworks didn't do the cigar justice but it was still delicious okay yeah. I, I said that matt i know tim uh, about the cigar that you smoked that you liked uh, and i can tell you now that i no, a little bit, uh, you know, Zeno Davidoff, Zeno Platinum, and the guys behind that too. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. So uh, for viewers and listeners, um, I want to give you an idea of some stuff we have coming up. So next week is a big week. So next week is July, July 14th. And it was going to be our big recap show after the trade show was over. But, of course... There's no trade show. So we're going to have a big panel discussion with some people from the cigar industry next week. Uh, so on July 14th, we have a huge lineup of people on the show. We have Skip Martin from Romacraft. We have John McTavish from Developing Palettes. We have Charlie Minato from Half Wheel. And we have Abe DeBabna from Smoke In. So we have media, people from cigar media. We have uh, somebody who owns a cigar brand. And we have somebody who is one of the biggest cigar retailers in the country. And we want to talk about, obviously, there's no trade show to cover. So we're going to talk about sort of the current state of the cigar industry, um, what it means to the cigar industry to not have a trade show right now, and what everybody's thoughts are moving forward, you know, going into the rest of 2020 and into 
2021 and beyond. So tune in next Tuesday night, the 14th, uh, big show. We have good stuff coming up after that as well. Um, so Claudio, give our viewers and listeners of, uh, you know, that final idea. Where is the best place where they can get up to date info on Mombacho cigars? So about cigars, about everything about Mombacho, the history uh, and everything, our cigars, uh, check uh, mombachocigars.com. We're going to have uh, the full experience, uh, you know, full lineup, all, all our cigars available there too. And, uh, you know, we have a beautiful uh, four and a half minutes documentary that we made uh, three years ago uh, when we, uh, we had our 10th anniversary. And then, of course, uh, check us on... Uh, Instagram, Mombacho Cigars, Facebook, Mombacho Cigars. And, uh, you know, you type Mombacho Cigars Granada, then uh, that Casa Favili pictures are going to pop it up. Yeah, yeah. Claudio, awesome. we had a blast talking yeah. to you tonight. Thank you so much for spending some yeah. time with us, and we we really appreciate it. Thank you very yeah, much. I had uh, a ton of fun. I Good. love it. I love this, and uh, I have to thank you because, you know, through this podcast and uh, Zoom meetings and all that stuff, you guys, uh, you uh, you give us uh, the opportunity, you know, to to expose our brand, but as well to make a little bit of more education. Because mm-hmm. I always believe that the education is the key point of yeah. enjoying more. So yeah. thank you for that. Keep the good job. Matt, I missed you. I saw you last time in 2018. Awesome t-shirt, by the way. I didn't say that. Oh, yeah. And uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Claudio. All right. So, viewers and listeners, thanks as always. Uh, if you have a second, go to HowAboutThatCigar.com. Sign up for the email list. You'll get all the latest information. If you have any questions for Garrett or myself, you can also email us directly from there. And until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. <laughs>